Hey, Good Life Church. It is so cool to be with you in your home today for church online. How good is it that we get together together every single Sunday? It's so good. You can be in your gym jams. You could be in your trackies. There's no dress code. You can come literally however you are. Plus, it has never been easier to be on mission for the kingdom of God because right now it's so easy to invite someone to church. All you have to do is post a link out on Facebook and huzzah, you're done. Anyway, so recently, about two months ago, I was randomly scrolling through Facebook when I happened upon another gym membership ad. And I get these ads all the time. But this one ad came up in my feed and I was like, this feels oddly personal and I feel attacked. (laughs) And uh, I've always been the person that is more like, more carby, less barbie and all spaghetti, no regretty. And you know, I've hated exercise and I've hated the thought of putting vegetables in my mouth every single day. I considered vegetables to be more of a sometimes food than an everyday essential. And so this particular day, I was feeling personally attacked by advertising. And so I decided to check it out for a laugh. I thought I'll just click on the link, see where it takes me and uh, we'll go from there. So within a couple of minutes, I had gone to this website, had a look at what's going on and somehow convinced myself to completely change my entire life. I decided within a moment that I was going to get healthy and I'm just gonna change everything. I'm just gonna turn my life upside down. I figured what have I got to lose apart from a few excuses and some delicious cookies, right? So I did it, I started and I kept going. In Ephesians chapter six, we read this incredible verse. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Right now, we are face to face with a new reality which laughs in the face of hope and throws around fear and anxiety like confetti. This isn't totally as unprecedented as we keep getting told though, is it? We have faced for years and for generations setbacks and challenges for our whole lives. We've faced storms and brokenness. We have faced humanity before, but right now we are really face to face with it because of social media. And right now we've got more time than ever to listen, to open our eyes, to hear people's stories and to respond. Now is the time for the church for believers, for you right now to stand up and be strong in faith, strong in conviction, strong in passion, strong in desire, because we're going to stand for people. We're going to stand for our cities. We're going to stand for hope, for freedom, for people's eternities, for the kingdom of God. And if we're going to stand for all of those things, then we need to be strong. We're going to need to know how to overcome, to understand that attacks and setbacks will come, that discouragement is a thing that we will face. And we need to learn to grow through the seasons of those situations rather than retreating or running away. In Genesis, we read this story about a guy named Joseph. Now, Joseph was a child of a man named Jacob, but he's not just any child. He is the favorite child. Now, I don't know about you, if you're the favorite child, I think I was the favorite child growing up. And so I can relate to Joseph. I'm like, yeah, what I want, I'm going to (laughs) get. It's going to be so good. And so Joseph is the youngest and the favorite child. So much so that his dad makes him a coat that sets him apart from the rest of his siblings. And the rest of his brothers get nothing. Literally no jacket, not even an ugly jacket. They don't get a coat at all. And at 17 years of age, Joseph begins to have dreams and visions. And not just kind of dreams and visions that are like, I had a flower in my hand and it was lovely. 
He has dreams and visions where his siblings are bowing down to him. And so he tells his siblings and his dad about these dreams and they are outraged. How dare our younger brother, the favorite child, have this dream that we would bow down to him? Who does he think he is? That will never, ever happen. At some point, Joseph's brothers go off to do sheep tending things. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what happens. Sheep are sheep, right? And I think they're babysitting the sheep. So they go off and they've gone for a really long time. And so Jacob starts to get concerned or a little bit like, what's going on, boys? Where'd you go? And so he sends Joseph off to bring back a report on where the boys are at. In Genesis 37, we jump into the story and this is what we read. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance, probably because of his rad coat, right? As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Kill him. Dead. They made plans to kill their brother as they saw him walking towards them. Here comes the dreamer, they said. There are some moments in life that feel like a direct attack, just like this moment. Like someone is deliberately out to get you and rip away your dreams, mocking you. They're the moments where you feel your strength is like sucked out of you in just an instant. Perhaps a large group of your family have not plotted to kill you, but maybe someone has spoken wrongfully about you. Maybe someone has taken away your choices. You need strength to see these seasons through. We read on. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him in this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. What I've learned is that if the enemy can't take you out with a direct attack, he will come in with a sneak attack and put you in a position where you pretty much just take yourself out instead. Like being thrown in a cistern. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a cistern. I haven't been in a real life one, but I have been in some situations that I feel are similar to a cistern. They're the moments in life that you feel stuck and that there's no way out. They're the moments when you start out strong and determined and full of faith, but gradually as you remain in this situation, you become distracted and begin to question why you were even here anyway. You question your calling, your relationships with other people. You question your purpose, your job. You question God, your life, faith, church. You begin to question and become cynical about everything because you cannot see a way beyond the space that you're stuck in. What do we do when we find ourselves in these situations? How do we remain strong when we are distracted or overcome? So Joseph is now in the system, right? It's empty, so he's not drowning. He's just sitting in there. And then his brothers see in the far off distance some traders. And they're like, oi, instead of leaving him in the cistern, let's sell him and we'll get some cash out of this. And we'll just tell dad he's dead. And so that's what they do. They sell their brother and they tell their father that his favorite child has died. The traders then take Joseph to Egypt and sell him as a slave or a servant to Potiphar, who's like the top dog of all of Pharaoh's guards. Can you imagine being Joseph right now? Within just a short amount of time, you've gone from being, you know, the boss, from being the favorite child, favored, blessed, rad coat, to having nothing, to being stripped away from your purpose, stripped away from your identity, taken away from your family. I mean, he's 17 years old. He's been sold. He's by his family. He's been taken away from everything he's ever known. And in that moment, I would imagine that his dream and vision that he had had would seem so, so far away. And yet there is a strength 
a quiet strength about Joseph, not just in this moment, but through all of the moments that we're about to read that come as well. We pick up the story again in Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the Egyptian master's house. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Even in what seems like a setback for Joseph, God was with Joseph. God graced Joseph for this step in his journey, just like he graces him for every step to come as well. And because the Lord was with Joseph, he didn't just survive, he thrived. He went from strength to strength. He didn't just get by, he got better. And the lesson here is that even in your setbacks, even in the moments where you feel like you've stepped away or been pulled away from where you believed that you needed to be, God is still with you. God has a grace for you in this season that you're walking through right now. There's an ease, a strength, an inner peace that comes when you release your life into the hands of God and watch him guide your journey. The Bible goes on. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. Hello. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. She's like, mm-hmm, I'm going to need me some of that. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. But one day, no one was around when he went to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand and he ran from the house. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave that you brought into our house tried to come and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious which you can understand, when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison. But the Lord was with him. In case you thought that things hadn't got bad enough for this little punk Joseph, it gets worse. I mean, give the guy a break, right? He's literally gone to the best effort to resist daily temptation, to be a good guy, to be a stand-up guy. And, you know, kudos to the guy, right? but he's still thrown in prison anyway for something he didn't even do. I don't know if you've got things in your life that taunt you every day, but we all face different battles that seem to come at us on a daily basis. Perhaps a daily temptation to pawn or stealing or lying. Maybe you face a battle daily against insecurity or low self-worth. Maybe you have a daily internal monologue telling you that you're letting people down and that no one wants you here. Maybe you've got a daily battle against needing to be right, needing to be validated, and needing to win. Here's the thing. When the Lord God is with you, you have the strength to overcome these daily temptations, these daily battles. Strength to resist temptation. Strength to bring your thoughts into line with the Word of God. Strength to stand upon the Bible as a foundation for your life, even when no one else wants to. Strength to just keep going. Earlier this year, I was getting super frustrated and really disheartened with how a few things were going in our life. And I was like, God, I'm done with this garbage. Like seriously, I, it's not that I can't keep going. I just don't want to. 
Like nothing's going to plan. I can't be where I want to be. I can't do what I want to do. Like what am I supposed to be doing? This is just, it's wasting my time. I was stuck in a system where I couldn't see past my reality right in front of me. The problem seemed so big, I couldn't see a way out. And in that moment, I felt a whisper in my soul and said, the spirit of God goes where you cannot. The spirit of God speaks where you cannot. And the spirit of God does what you cannot. Lean in to the spirit of God. He is with you. Regardless of your season right now, bright and brilliant or rough and overwhelming, the spirit of God is with you. He goes before you and he comes behind you as a guard as well. The spirit of God does what you cannot He speaks where you cannot, and he goes where you cannot. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He opens doors that you thought were brick walls. He is your strength. He is your joy. He is your close companion on the journey. He is your grace. He is your wisdom, and he is your overcoming hope. When you lean in to the Spirit of God and allow him to work in your life and through your life, you'll find that he actually works around your life as well. He can redeem your broken dreams. He can redeem your tainted heart. He can cause you to come alive in his strength and to face another day. So Joseph is stuck in prison, but as always, the Lord is with him. And he ends up running prison operations. How he begins to get favor everywhere he goes, like I want to be that person. But the Lord is with him and his hand is upon everything he does. While there, he interprets a couple of prisoners' dreams, and once those prisoners are released, one is killed, awkward, and one goes back to his role as the cupbearer for Pharaoh, who's like the king of Egypt, right? And he promises to remember Joseph upon his release. And so Joseph is filled with this hope that one day he may be released, that maybe this guy who he interpreted a dream for will go to Pharaoh and tell him that he shouldn't be in prison and all this kind of stuff, right? There's hope on the horizon. But two whole years go by and Joseph is still in the prison and the cupbearer has completely forgotten him. And suddenly Pharaoh is having dreams and no one can interpret them. And so the cupbearer is like, oh, okay, okay, okay. There was this guy back in prison two years ago who interpreted my dreams and like it all turned out to be true and I was supposed to remember him, but I didn't. And then I remember him now. Anyway, he's pretty legit. Maybe you should invite him in to interpret your dream. So Joseph is brought to Pharaoh to interpret his dreams. It says this, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man who is so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Pharaoh said, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Hold up a hot minute. Joseph was 17 when he first had that dream, right? And then he gets sold and he goes to jail and all this kind of stuff. And he finally gets out of a tricky situation when he's 30 years old. That is like 13 years of trouble, 13 years of of a delayed dream, 13 years of obstacles, 13 years of setbacks and um, and tough times, 13 years. And yet Joseph kept a sweet spirit and Joseph remained strong. 
In fact, not just the 13 years, but it would be another seven plus years before Joseph saw his dream become reality. So for 20 or so years, Joseph carries around this dream that has not yet been fulfilled. He still has hope. He still believes in God. He still believes that God can come through and the Lord is with him every step of the way. Now, I mean, that's all well and good for Joseph because he's a dude in the Bible, right? And people in the Bible are special and they have like a special ability to be good and to do things for God. Well, uh, first of all, that's not true. They're just humans like you and I. But second of all, this is still so relevant to your life because this is what it means for you. If you've lost your job and can't provide, when things don't go to plan, when your child is sick and there is nothing that you can do to help them, when relationships or family breaks down, when prayers aren't answered, or when it feels like life just keeps handing you lemon after lemon after lemon, what does this mean for you? It means this, the pressure is off. It means you don't have to be the strong one. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to have the power because your strength and supply comes from the spirit of God. Now, I've come a long way with my health journey, but I've got a long way to go. I'm still on my journey from Kabi to Barbie and I may never make it to Barbie and I'm okay with that. (laughs) But I am stronger than I was before. And I've learned that building strength takes time and energy and a whole lot of effort which sometimes is fine, but it is so wonderful to know that there is a God-breathed strength available to me every single day that doesn't rely on my physical strength. It is a heaven-breathed strength that is available for every situation and every circumstance that I walked through. Our strength as Christians, as believers, must come and does come from the Spirit of God. Here's a few verses just to confirm that I'm not even tricking you right now. Psalm 84.5 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in God. Psalm 29, The Lord gives strength to his people. Isaiah 40, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You're in the fight of your life right now. A fight for faith. A fight for relationship with God a fight for hope, a fight for your everyday. You might be facing some really tricky times in your personal life right now. The fight is on. You might have a sweet life right now. The fight is on to remain strong in the situations that come one day. But I want to let you know today that you have everything that you need. You have the resource to win the fight. You have the power of heaven. You have heaven's resource at your backing ready to jump in and help you in these situations. So the pressure is off because as we read at the start in Ephesians, we will be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, not our own. There is hope for your tomorrow. There is strength for your today. So don't pull back and don't shy away. Lean in. Open up your life to God's leading and allow his spirit to fill you with strength. I just want to jump back to the start where Joseph is thrown in the cistern because there's something that um, just kind of popped out to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never noticed this before. And I just want to read it to you. Genesis 37. Remember, we're jumping back. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into the empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. 
How amazing is that? One of his brothers was looking out for him. One of his brothers was ready to jump in and help him be returned to his father. Can we as a church be people who are planning and plotting ways to rescue the lost? Can we as a church be people who are planning ways to bring people back to the father, to restore them to relationship with their dad? Not just to help them, but to return them to faith, to bring their back to a place of faith, to turn their eyes heavenwards. You may not be facing a challenging situation right now, but there are people in your world who are, and you could be a part of their story changing forever. You could be the person who is right there, ready to help them walk through the tricky season that they're facing. Can we be a church that doesn't just exist for ourselves, but exists purposefully and passionately for other people in our city as well? The other thing that I found in this verse is that if you are struggling today, know that there are people in your life who are available. They're not just available, but they are actively trying to be in your world and to help you through the attacks or help you through the obstacles that you face. They're called your pastors, your connect group leaders, your connect group friends. They are there to be around, to pull you out of a dark place and point your eyes back to Jesus. They are there to plot a way back to your father. And you may not even know it. You may not even want to acknowledge it, but they are there and they are available and they want to help you move from where you are to where you could be and where God would love for you to be in a place of wholeness and a place of healing and a place of freedom. And so I want to encourage you today, if you are feeling overwhelmed or under attack or anything like that, grab someone's hand and go, help me through this season. There is someone in your corner. You are not in this battle or this journey alone. There are people in your world who care and God cares and there are other believers around who care and they will help you walk through this season if you just reach out a hand and take a hand and go, all right, let's do this journey together. I don't know where you're at as you sit at home or in your kitchen, in your lounge room or in a cafe, wherever you are watching this service. I'm not sure where you're at in life or where you're at in relationship with God. Maybe you're feeling really close to God and like you're on top of the world and you're feeling stronger than ever. Then, as I said, I encourage you to get around someone else today and help them become strong as well. But if you're here today and you are like, you know what? I've heard a lot about God before, but I've never made the decision to follow him. Then I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that. Maybe you've made the decision in the past, but you want to refresh that decision because you know you've walked away or you've just kind of let it slide for a while. You are welcome back to the kingdom of God today as well. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to make a decision today to say yes to Jesus, then we're going to pray this prayer together in your home, wherever you are right now. I'm going to say some things. I'm going to ask that you repeat after me. As you say this prayer filled with faith, then God will meet you right there in this very moment. Not only do you begin to change the trajectory of your life here on earth, but you change your eternity as well, which is absolutely amazing. And so many people in our church have made this decision before, so you're not alone. And uh, if you do make this decision today, then we want to help you on this journey from here as well. So come on, I'm going to pray. Repeat after me. Dear God, Thank you so much for accepting me and loving me, even though I don't deserve it. Today, I choose to follow you. Be my strength and help me in every season of life to honor you and to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.